Yeah, I, I find there's something about listening to a meeting but not being in it that's kind of a bit free. Oh, it is, isn't it? It's a bit like, you know, I can switch off this anytime or I can choose to, you know, slurp my coffee loudly or something. It's like listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure is on right now. I'm like feeling like, oh God, what do I do? What do I say? Oh no, don't worry at all. It just gets, it gets edited. It's fine. <laughs> Poor Anna. Uh, is there a document, by the way? I'm going to quote a great man. When I say, where are the show notes? I don't understand why I sound so Dickensian in your voice. I don't know, but that's how, no, that is how you sound. Okay. I was going to ask, are there show notes? Oh, have I not shared the show notes? No. Oh my goodness. I have not prepared this at all. It's one of those where this is my first time, first time here, and I'm like, I'm supposed to have notes, and I'm like, I need to request access. No one has given me access. I am a terrible producer. Can we just, like, let's just get this out of the way. If you want to set me up for failure, I completely understand, and it's just going to be a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, do you want to give people a little bit of a, an introduction to, you know, in case this is the first time they're catching the show? What is it you do here? Catching the show. This is only the second time in all of the years that I have actually been invited to come on the show, despite desperately begging and, you know, being the attention seeker that I am. But, uh, you know, I am one of the founders, you know. Um, you know, why would, would we want me on? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no. So I am Sarah, and I am the Minister of Magic here. That's a title that I came up with uh, many, many years ago, just sort of encompassing a little bit of everything, which is sort of how I've developed my role here since we started this 15 years ago, which is remarkable to me, uh, headed up all the finance, the legal, HR, all that kind of stuff, which makes it sound like I know what I'm doing. But I am so grateful now to have a huge team of people behind me that are now heading all of that up. Also worked on the customer support side of things, building things up there. Also happy to have a huge team of people there. And now trying to make sure we're still making sure our customers are getting the service that they need, that we're building an app that everyone can use, including me, and making sure that we work for a company where everyone is happy to come to work, they're passionate to come to work, and that we're also trying to give back to the community and uh, look at the bigger picture of life and not just coming in, working nine to five and getting out at the end of the day. Uh, we've got no Anna today to, to move us into Watchtower Weekly, so I think I'm going to have to do it. So the first thing that I want to talk about is not an online article. Uh, so a bit different for this week. It is, in fact, a print advert, and it's one where Facebook sent a kind of open letter to Apple, and they said, we're standing up to Apple for small businesses everywhere, says the $2 billion companies. The gist of this was that Apple, a long time ago, actually, I think it was the beginning of last year, started moving towards highlighting tracking more and also allowing people to kind of opt in. So this Facebook campaign was blasting Apple's decisions to prompt iPhone users to disable apps from tracking their personal data. And it would also, you know, do all the things like logging all the types of data that they're then pushing towards. So Facebook's claim was that Apple's move will cripple small businesses that rely on Facebook for targeted advertising informed by that personal data. And the article went to say, at Facebook, small business is at the core of our business. More than 10 million businesses use our advertising tools each month to find new customers, hire employees, and engage with their communities. Many of the small business community have shared concerns about Apple's forced software update, which will limit businesses' ability to run personalized ads and reach their customers effectively. 
I think this is fairly blatantly one-sided, but, you know, that's to kind of be expected. The reason why I wanted to highlight this is not only because it's a, you know, it's a major privacy incident that is taking place, but I also found it very interesting that uh, in talking about something that adverts don't work if they're not personalised and they're not targeted, does it not seem a little weird to put it in a newspaper that is inherently... <laughs> Not personalized and not targeted. Yeah. It's essentially saying that, you know, non-personalized adverts don't work. And for adverts to work, they need to be personalized and they need to use personal data to do that. But that just seems wrong to me (laughs) by putting it in a newspaper. And the amount of money they must have spent to put all of it in print is also, you know, the average small business doesn't have the money to put something like this in print. It's like a three-sided, four-sided coin. I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to roll that coin. Yeah. It's a really odd move. The tweet by Tim Cook was was quite interesting here, obviously uh, representing kind of the other side. He essentially showed two things. One, he said, you know, we believe users should have the choice to choose over the data that is being collected about them and how it's being used. Facebook can continue to track users across apps and websites as before. App tracking transparency in iOS 14 will just require that they ask for your permission first. And then, you know, they showed the little modal that says ask app not to track or allow. And so I I think that's quite an interesting take is that, like, they are allowing you to do this. And obviously Facebook is worried that the opt-in rate for this is essentially going to be very low. And so it's kind of saying that people don't want this. (laughs) That, like, you know, the general consumer doesn't want this. And that's why advertising in a national newspaper also seems to be weird. Because the people who are reading this are probably the same people that would say, no, actually, I don't want Facebook to track me. Yeah, it's very strange. It's like, I mean, on one hand, it's not strange at all, but like you nailed it, right? Like Apple is forcing transparency onto Facebook in a way that Facebook doesn't want them to because Facebook does creepy stuff with your data. This hurts Facebook. And they're trying to say, well, this hurts all businesses that advertise with Facebook. Well, no, I think that it probably hurts Facebook the most. feels like they're feeling very desperate and they're feeling very backed in a corner right now. And they're trying to, to come out swinging and we're all for small businesses and look at that monopoly over there and look at what they've done. And, you know, aren't they the bad guy and trying to, to point someone else out as opposed to sort of looking at themselves and what they're doing and, and whether or not that's got anything to do with their their decreased usership and ad revenues disappearing can't possibly be our marketing department no that's not possibly what we've got going wrong like it it couldn't be an internal issue there must be something externally that's caused these issues and they just need to find someone to blame and now they're trying to rally everyone around blaming someone else which is just such an unfortunate thing that happens in our culture now where it's we must blame someone else for these problems it can't possibly have anything to do with us quick find a target and go for it. It is weird that Apple is the pinpoint for this, right? Because really, in my mind, this should be something that goes down to regulation. But these kind of adverts and and tracking like this are not regulated very much, even in the EU, which has the kind of most regulation about this. But the the ICO, uh, which is the British Information Commissioner's Office said that they were going to come out with like this big report about how they were going to regulate the advertising industry, specifically the online advertising industry and and tracking across websites and, you know, harboring personal data and, and this whole 
element of websites kind of putting you out to bid as well. It's a problem that we've detailed again in other podcasts, and I'm, I'm sure we can litter the show notes with uh, references to. But essentially, after this whole kind of big rigmarole of this big report, they declared it an industry problem requiring an industry solution so that they were going to essentially spend all, all this money on investigating the issue. And then it seems like they're not going to do anything about it. I really don't see how they can, though. As soon as they try to regulate it, we're going to end up with this copycat site. This, you know, like there's always ways around. Technology is always faster than the regulators. And I think that's where I'm certainly excited for Apple with their push towards putting the privacy and the, the responsibility back on the users. Cause I think users are more aware of that now than they have been in the past. Um, I know I certainly am. And it's certainly something where I'm like looking at, okay, what am I using? How am I making sure my data is not everywhere? How am I doing it? Let me be responsible for my tracking. And, you know, when I talk about something like, having headphone issues. And now tonight when I'm on my iPad and I see an ad for new headphones, that is creepy as shit. Like it bothers me to no end. And that's why, you know, I'm deleting apps from my phone and I'm not having things anymore. And if I can't control how my dad is going to be accessed, then I don't want to be a part of that plan. That is very true. I think, yeah, that's the other side of this that is like, if Apple are making moves like this, maybe there are others too. I know there are absolutely browsers that are pushing for this. I mean, including Apple's browser. It'll be very interesting to see what kind of comes out once Apple makes this step. I don't think this is a thing that they've actually pushed out yet. I think a lot of people are looking for the what's the next thing after Facebook right now. And I think, I mean, I've struggled with Facebook for years now, just in terms of just a newsfeed. Show me most recent as opposed to show me what you think I need to see because I'm missing events in people's lives. It's filtering certain people out. It's based on your algorithms of whose stuff you look at. This is what you see. And what am I missing out on in my friends' lives? Because they've changed the way my feed works in a way that they think is going to get them the most money. I will now use the excuse that I've missed someone's birthday because Facebook didn't think that they were important enough. <laughs> That's my new excuse. <laughs> I, uh, I I think we can jump onto this next one. This next one is is really quite awful and i don't think the repercussions have been talked about enough so ticketmaster will pay 10 million dollars for hacking their rival seller ticketmaster has agreed to pay 10 million dollars uh, for breaking into a competitor's network the company and its parent live nation admitted to hiring a former employee from the rival ticket seller crowd surge then using his knowledge old username and passwords to learn crowd surges inner workings and cut the company off at the knees. So Ticketmaster employees repeatedly and illegally accessed a competitor's computer without authorization using stolen passwords to unlawfully collect business intelligence, said the acting US attorney. I mean, this is pretty terrible and also, you know, highlights a major issue in CrowdSurge of, you know, not rolling credentials when someone leaves. It's so blazing as well what kind of a dirtbag do you have to be dirt like dirtbag company at this point to like think that this is a cool thing to do like who who inside the company said yes to this this isn't this is nuts and how far does it kind of the decision go back right is it we will hire you if you bring these things along right because that's pretty awful as well yeah so uh the hacking allegations were reported in 2017 uh, after crowdsearch had merged with another company called songkick Live Nation hired a former CrowdSurge employee named Stephen Mead in 2013 and now fired uh, Ticketmaster executive Zishan Zaidi and other executives encouraged him to turn over his old employer's secrets 
Uh, that included logging into pages with analytics for artist management companies, getting a window into CrowdSurge's operations. Ticketmaster even offered a product review of its far smaller rival at 2014 Company Summit, asking me to log in and demonstrate its capabilities in a presentation. So this was hugely widespread. This wasn't like, you know, some little group in the corner that, that happened to do this. I think that's what I'm looking down here and, and they're saying, you know, like it was only Zaidi and Mead that got fired in 2017. This would have been like, oh yeah, go talk to Bob in the corner. He used to work for them. This is like massive. Like this would have been, everybody would have known about this. This would have been a huge thing in the company. I can't believe that it went on for so long. And it was, if I was working there, like how would you work there and not think, yeah, hey, we really shouldn't have access to competitors stuff. It's mind-boggling to me. It's mind-boggling to me too when I read in here that they didn't notice it or they didn't lose access until the merger with Songkick. I assume Songkick took over and they were like, hey, let's uh, update your passwords and make sure everything's secured. And what are all these old usernames? Like if someone's been terminated from your company, why is their username still active two years later? Oh man, especially if they go and work for a competitor? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. This is like some sort of really good Hollywood movie waiting to happen. Yeah, but then, you know, they haven't made the Sony hack into a good one yet. So I, I think there's a cue. No. What I want is a remake of... I think it was 1998, the movie Hackers, but maybe, you know, sprinkle in some real hacking into the into the plotline. <laughs> so our next one is T-Mobile has suffered its fourth hack in less than three years, but it still takes the uh, security of your information very seriously. Uh, this one's reported by uh, Graham Cluley. Fr- I'm sorry, Matt. No, friend of the show. <sighs> friend of the show, thank Graham you. Cluley. Uh, don't yes, make it you. sound like it's a chore to say it. It's a celebration. I'm not American. Not everything I say sounds excited. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. No one's going to argue with that. So, uh, yeah, T-Mobile has been hacked again. Uh, In an update on its website, the wireless provider has published a notice of a security incident. In its advisory, T-Mobile said that its security team recently discovered that the hackers had gained access information related to T-Mobile accounts. Fortunately, according to the company, the breach did not expose names associated with accounts, physical or email addresses, financial data credit card information, social security numbers, tax ID, passwords or pins. And remember I said did not at the front of that because <laughs> it's always weird when someone gives an entire list of what they didn't get. All I can think now when you read off that list though is what did they get? I mean everything else. Just, <laughs> I mean why would you phrase it like that? Uh, it's it's very weird. So the, the timeline here is quite interesting because August 2018, uh, hackers stole details of 2 million T-Mobile accounts customers. And then 2019, uh, November, T-Mobile confirmed that more than 1 million prepaid customers were impacted by a breach, which saw hackers then access uh, names, phone numbers, billing addresses, you know, all that kind of stuff. And now March 2020, T-Mobile are now saying uh, that there is another breach uh, and that they take the security of your information very seriously. That's a running joke internally. Uh, that's, that's not too funny at that point. Ugh. It's so rough. They've not learned and taken the steps to properly repair what's gone wrong in the past. Because some of it's probably human error. Others is probably you know technology issues. But man, this has got to be costing them a fortune in like bad press and everything else. It does seem to be different information each breach. So either they haven't fixed the same problem or they just have too many pieces of information in too many places. And like, I understand, like a a company the size of T-Mobile has to have like a lot of treasure troves. But you would think that they 
come across a little better than this. All of this just means I'm never going to use T-Mobile. Well, that's when I'm seeing this. If I was a T-Mobile customer, I would be like, they take my the security of my information very seriously and they keep repeating that same messages. So now I'm like, there's a breach. Oh, yeah, that's just the same news. That's no big deal. It's the same. Yeah, they already told me about that last year. Like, how many times is this going to happen where you're like, eh, it must be the same thing. It's remarkable. They said the unauthorized access did involve customer proprietary network information. It may have included phone number, number of lines subscribed to on your account, and in some cases, call-related information collected as part of normal operation of your wireless service. I don't have any clue what that might be. That terrifies me. But I imagine it's like duration and, you know, maybe cell tower data or something. Random snippets of me asking my mom what she needs on the grocery list. Who knows what it could be? If they don't tell me what it is, it could be everything. Let me freak out. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to move on to This Week at One Password. Hey! So as Sarah is joining us for the show today, I thought it was only right to get her on for This Week in One Password uh, to discuss culture and generally what it's like to work at One Password. Well, this is exciting. It's one thing that seems to come up quite a lot. And I had uh, a second interview with someone today. They'd spoken to a few other people and, the, you know, they'd kind of got the gist of the company. But they were, they were trying to put their finger on, like, what made us a little bit different than the, than the other companies that they'd been talking to. And they just said, it's a very human company. And I think that is down to yourself and, and down to Dave and, and down to a bunch of people. But, like, it seems to have spread everybody gives off the same kind of vibe. And I think that's just very, very special and not something that we, I think, fully appreciate all the time. I think you're right. It's very much a family that we've built here. You know, we we like to hear about people's wins. We, we like to celebrate in all of those victories and we share in the losses and we share when things go bad. And it's just, it's just wonderful. I love working here. I'm just, again, so grateful that I get to work with so many smart people that are so passionate about what they do. It really just, it makes it so easy to want to give more yourself. It makes it easy to want to put in that extra 120 when you're having one of those rough days because you know that everyone else here is excited and they're doing what they want to do. And you know that they're going to be there to give you a hug if you need one, you know. We're not a corporate nine to five. And I think that's, you know, from our very beginning, when we started doing all of this, you know, Dave and Rustam, it was very much, you know, how can we stop working for the man? Is there a way that we could work from home and support ourselves, you know, feed ourselves and work from home and and kind of work on the things that we want to work on? Is that something that we can have happen? And so that's just how this started. And it was all about how can we find joy in our work? How can we find joy in helping customers? And it's very rewarding, you know, when you build something and you, you do something and you put it out there and people are like, this is great. Have you tried this? And okay, let's try this. And as we've brought people onto the team, knowing that the whole point of this is to be happy with what we're doing, be happy with what we're putting out into the world and making customers, you know, happy. And if people are having issues, making sure they're getting a positive response and getting the experience that they need, even when they're in a situation where it's, you know, things aren't looking good for them, how can we still help them and understand that that situation that they're in? Because when you're locked out of your computer at midnight on a Saturday, you're you're freaking out and you're emailing and you're like, oh my God, you know, and then when you actually get a response from someone, it's like, okay, I can breathe a little, I can get into my stuff. I'm, I'm not going to be locked out. I can pay my rent. I can do all my stuff. Let me see what I can do to, to help. And I think 
finding people that have those sort of same values and that same instinct to want to help has been a big part of this. And we're just so fortunate to work with so many amazing people. We've really tried to hire people that are really great to work with. And that's sort of, that's sort of been one of my litmus tests when I meet someone. It's, you know, do I like you? And and I know that sounds really shitty because, you know, there's people that might get disqualified because you get this sort of bad vibe from them and you're not sure if you're going to like working with them. But, you know, I'm coming to work and I'm going to be here and I'm going to be giving you 120% all day, every day. And I'm going to be checking messages. And if you need me, I'm going to come here and I'm going to help you because you've asked me to help you. So I'm here for you to help. So if you're not coming and you're not bringing exactly what I'm going to bring to the table, then I'm not in for that kind of energy. Like if I'm in a good mood, it spreads. And I think that's, you just kind of have to stick with that. And I think that's a big part of how we've tried to do all of this as well. And what's it like to see that kind of scale? You made that very conscious choice to kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna hire people that that are friendly and that I enjoy working with and, and all that kind of stuff. But like, what's it like to kind of see other people now do that as well? Like the requirement of you know not being an ass has has kind of made its way into the culture and is now kind of part of the process of of all these other people hiring. I think that's been one of the like I know. Just in the last year, I had actually looked it up for a New Year's thing. On December 31st, 2019, we had 179 people working here. On December 31st, 2020, there were 388 people currently active. So there were already more people than that hired that weren't starting until January that are just coming onto the team now. We more than doubled in that year. So for me, the growth has been exciting and yet terrifying at the same time, because that is a lot of people all coming in at the same time. But I think that but the 179 people who were working here the year before, I think they had a good taste of what it is to work here. And they've they've seen some of the things we've done. And now there's a lot of people in that 179 that have gone forward and said, I'm a leader at this company. I'm doing this. And this is how I want to continue to run things and been able to take those and, and build their teams out and, and really see that growth spreading. And I think that's something that's important to people. I think when you've worked in other environments and then you come into something that's like this, it's hard to want to go back to a different environment, I find myself. We've had a lot of people who've come from very, very corporate environments. Um, my previous work environments myself were completely, completely not like this. And I know I wouldn't want to go back to working in a job like that. So I'm fighting very hard to make sure I keep myself in that mindset of, I want to make sure this is somewhere where I want to come to work every day. And how can I do that in the best possible way? When I started at One Password, I was actually part time for a bit and I was working at a quite big bank at the same time. And so I, w- I was consulting for them and, and also kind of working on, on some projects for, for One Password. And, and I came out to, to Canada and it was the previous week I had been working in London in the bank's office. And so, you know, I had to wear a suit and, and stuff. And then the next week I was in Canada and the first time I walked into the office, Dave was laying on the floor, completely face front down on the floor with, with his laptop on the floor. And he was like, yeah, I'm just um, I, I'm just resting my, my back. Do you mind just getting down and looking at this? <laughs> so, so my first time meeting Dave was just like, do, do you want to just come and lie on your front uh, next to me while we just go through this? <laughs> Which was just a, a, a perfect version of what I didn't know that I, I would enjoy which is the kind of, you know, relaxed attitude, but actually like the love that goes into the product at the same time. But yeah, it was uh, it was a bit of a shock to the system when I when I first experienced that. 
that is so exciting to me, those, those stories and that sort of stuff, because I think that's when that initial shock of, okay, wait, I'm going to just lay down on the floor here beside you and do something. This is weird. All right. Well, no, but you've got the button in the wrong spot. Let's move this over here and let's try and, you know, you're immediately engaged in that working process and it's not a formal come sit down go sit over here what's over here okay well let's move you through to this stage and you know we've had to change that as we've gotten bigger you just can't bring on that many people and have them all come lay on the rug beside you it's just not doable it's hard to scale fast when you you know want to have that personalized but at the same time making sure you're still adding that bit of humanity into it i've called it a lifestyle job like you know i've lived and breathed everything about this company for the last 15 years you know this was our first Christmas where I didn't spend half of Christmas Day doing customer support. We had a, a large enough team that was in and I didn't I didn't feel the need to because I knew I had a group of amazing people that were going to look after our customers that were writing in. But for 15 Christmases previous, I'm in there doing customer support. We're running um, Maxot Christmas events, things like that. Like it's very much a 24-7 business for me that means a lot to me. It, it's not somewhere where I'm putting in time until the next big thing comes in. So I think for bringing in new people to the team, if they've got that same sort of passion and they're looking forward to it. it it's really great that does really show and one of the things that i think has changed a lot in the last couple of years is the the offerings of being able to work and the, and the support that people have what's your favorite thing that we've been able to to offer either as a a benefit or, or some kind of thing of, of working here. I hazard a guess that you're going to say the RuPaul Drag Race rewatches, but um, <laughs> some, something that we're able to to offer our employees. Like, what's the one thing that you're that you're really proud of that we've brought in? There are a lot of things. Jeannie, I can't talk about Jeannie enough. Our, our CFO, you know, she has brought in so much capacity for us to do so many programs. One of the things we were able to do with the deal that we did and bringing in new people and having this extra resource and capacity is start switching over people to employees with now having entities in the UK and in the US along with Canada and being able to offer uh, benefits to people like formal healthcare benefits. As a Canadian, I think it's something that we um, very easily take for granted. You know, you slip, you fall, you bang your head, you go to the hospital, you go see a doctor, you make sure you've got what you need. Um, it's not a big deal. In the US, I I feel for so many of our American um, friends and family where, you know, you slip, you fall, you bang your head, you go home and you hope that someone's going to watch you and you keep an eye on things and you hope that everything's fine because you don't have time to go out and refinance your home. You know, that's, that's a terrifying thing to me. So being able to offer benefits, paid vacation time, all all that kind of stuff, paid sick time, being able to have all of that available to people working here, I think is a really great thing for me because it feels like I'm able to take care of people. One of the the secrets with Minister of Magic is it shortens into mom. You know, it's, um, I'm, I really like the idea of being able to take care of people, take care of our community and give back. And how can we best take care of people? We can make sure we have a great place to work, somewhere where they feel valued, where they bring their passion, where they're enjoying their work and somewhere where at the end of the day, they've, they've worked hard. And now they can go play hard, they can go have fun, they can be with their family, they can take the time they need and do what they need to do. And now with the added benefit of like healthcare benefits, all that kind of stuff, there's there's just less worry, you know. So that's been something that I'm I've been really happy to see us be able to finally roll out. Yeah, I think the the above and beyond bits as well. I think I'm at a good twenty hours of headspace now in my kind of log. And I think offering headspace, it's not something that I ever thought I would 
kind of appreciate if i'm honest it's never mm-hmm. it, like i i thought yeah it's it's not that much like i i would just buy it if i really wanted it but i think the, for, for the fact that it was there and i just kind of started you know listening to a bit here and there exactly you know it's little things like that too where someone else has brought that up and said hey why don't we look at that and yes let's look at that like what can we do is this something that we can bring forward and it's small it's little and um i know that's um we've been using the sleep cast here between myself and jack i find that much easier to just you know go to sleep because then i'm not thinking about well what am i supposed to talk about on the podcast tomorrow i really hope i don't it up you know instead i'm listening to the sleep cast (laughs) i can try to focus my attention somewhere else can we circle back to the benefits for a minute? Because I, I just sort of assumed that it would be, you know, yeah, here's the basic benefits package and, and everything else. And then when we had the meeting where we were sort of read in on what the benefits package was going to be, and it was the company that we went with gave us three tiers of benefits, and we chose the top one. And the top one covers all of these things. And also, you know, we shopped around and tried to pick a company that would give the most people the most access to the most health care, no matter where they lived. And it's not just medical, but dental and vision and disability and death and there's a 401k option like i'm i'm getting a little choked up just talking about it now because it's so insanely it's so insanely impactful into people's lives and you didn't just check a box like it sounds hokey but like you and and dave and shiner and rustam and natalia like you genuinely care about the people that work here it really can't be overstated. It, you know, it. I'm, I'm feel like I wish I could give you a hug right now because I think it is about caring about people. It's, <laughs> I've never been one to check a single box on any form, and I think that being able, it's so nice to be able to work at such a great company and to be able to be able to do all of that, where I can turn around and say, okay, I can not only check the basic box, but let's let's make sure we're taking care of our people. We really want to make sure if we're going to do it. Let's do it right. Like, let's just get it done and let's take care of people and and see what we can do and and make sure we're building a better community. Because again, when someone is able to go to work and do something they love and not feel like they have to go work three other part-time jobs and then do this, and the stress that that carries and the ability to make an impact on your life is really something that we're trying to make sure we mitigate as best we can. It's, It's a tough life out there for a lot of people. And if we can make sure that you know, our team, the people that are here, that we're taking care of them as best as possible. That's what we really want to do. So if, if anyone is listening and is interested in working for us, you can go to onepassword.com forward slash jobs and check out the, the current openings, of which there seems to be like 40 or 50. Listen, if you're an awesome Android developer or an awesome web user interface developer, please, please apply. I need to talk to you tomorrow <laughs> so we are going to play uh, play your passwords right and the version that we're going to play is very interesting and i'm going to fill and talk here because i am assuming uh, that anna has put this together for me but uh, there is nothing currently in this document <laughs> i assume this is some sort of surprise match game here where i'm just waiting for something to appear in front of me magically i, th- I think this was ah yeah here we go all right we're all right. We're <laughs> the confidence in your voice, Matt, is astonishing. Okay, so play your passwords right. Services as passwords edition. Okay, we look up a password on Have I Been Pwned, and we look at the number of times that it has been included. So the number of times that that phrase or sentence or anything word has been caught in a data breach, and then we choose another one, and you've got to say whether it's more or less. 
than than the other one. So just so I can make sh- I'm just making sure I understand this. So we're going to use services. So we're going to say Facebook, for instance. How many people use the word Facebook as a password? And then we're going to guess whether it's higher than lower than whether they use the other services that we're going to use as examples. Yes. Am I am I on track? Do I know what I'm doing? Exactly. Yes. So it, it's not just that they've used the password, say, uh, in this instance, TikTok, for TikTok. It's just how many times the word TikTok has been included in a data breach. So you right. could have been using it as your T-Mobile pr- password. Uh, and, and as we heard today, it's yeah. been at least five breaches on T-Mobile. So you're lucky. And it wouldn't have mattered one way or the other because they were going to yes. <laughs> leak your data anyhow. So Matt has given us TikTok. TikTok, the word has been included in a data breach 2,213 times. Okay. And so that's our starting point. So the next one, and I'm not saying this service or the previous service or any of these services has actually been hacked. I'm just saying these are people using these as passwords for any service there you go legal disclaimer there uh, the next one is slack how many people are using slack as a password so sarah you and i each have to say do we think that slack has been breached more times or less times than tiktok i think that people are using slack more frequently than tiktok for a password so my vote is more i am gonna go i'm gonna go higher as well yeah i'm gonna go more you are both wrong Damn it. Really? Yeah, 644 compared to 2,213. Wow. So there we go. Now, it could be because I can't spell TikTok. I'm always <laughs> getting that first K wrong every time. I That's probably my problem. I'm shocked. So the next one is Instagram. Sarah, now it's compared to Slack. So is the word Instagram been in more data breaches or less data breaches than Slack? You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb I'm going to go out on a limb, though, and I'm going to say lower because for some reason, I don't think people today want to type that many letters. So I think it's going to be like Insta123, but I don't think they'd go to the trouble to write Graham. I think that Graham's getting cut off and replaced by numbers to make their password minimum requirements. Okay, so you think it's less than 644. I do. I feel like I have to justify them all with an essay. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, I'm going to go. I'm going to go higher. It's lower. I can't believe it. I'm so mad. Oh. Lazy wins again. 589. That is not high, considering there are <laughs> billions, I think, at this point of passwords that have been included in Have I Been Pwned. Instagram. God. Unreal. It's all about being lazy. <laughs> so the next one is Spotify. Oh, now I don't know what to think. I'm going higher. I have to be right at some point. Um, I'm going to go with higher as well. Okay, you are both wrong. It's <sighs> lower again. Uh-huh. 407. <laughs> Dang. I, that's very low. <laughs> this is the worst. I, look, I'm copying and pasting these for a document that Anna has put together. Like, it, if this is wrong, uh, you know, I'm feeling it too. I don't like this. Okay, the next one, YouTube. So is YouTube more frequently or less frequently, which is a, a new version, used as a password compared to Spotify. Okay, I have to go higher. It's It's been around as a service for way longer. So historically, there have got to be more people out there that have used that as a password. It has to be higher. So I think that Anna is playing games and it's actually it's going to be lower Oof. again. It's, I'm saying lower. Well, so you're throwing and under the bus. It's higher by a long way. YouTube, 27,567. <laughs> I, I want to make something very clear. I would concede the whole game right now if I wasn't curious to see what the rest of this list looks like. <laughs> because I kind of just, like, I'm, this, there's no coming back and I'm mad about it. Okay, so the next one is 
Amazon higher than YouTube. I'm going to go higher too. That's a nice, easy word to type. You're both wrong again. Oh. Both wrong. 15,000 compared to 27. That one did surprise me. This is a hard game. Here we go. This is a hard game. I have never scored this low, which is zero. And I mean, if you want to, you know, see a low scoring game, but someone trounce us, then, you know, listen to the last episode uh, where Troy Hunt plays on his own, uh, on his own have a been pwned. He was a ringer. It was ridiculous. Okay. So the next one, Twitter. Twitter compared to Amazon. People using them as passwords. What do we think? Higher than 15,000 or lower? I, I feel like no matter what I answer, I'm going to feel dumb. Um, I'm going to go lower because, again, there's the double T. So maybe where are they switching in the letter for the capital? Like, you know, maybe they're using the three instead of the E. You know, I've, I've got to go with lazy people and I've, I've got to go with the easy way to forget your password. So I'm going to go with lower. I'm going higher. Oh, Rue. It's lower. It's a lot lower. Oh, my God. 4,710. You've never done anything the lazy way, have you? (laughs) Apparently not. That's the problem. All right. The next one is LinkedIn. How many people are using LinkedIn for their password? Maybe LinkedIn for their LinkedIn password. Who knows? This is definitely lower. This is... Is it higher than uh, Twitter at 4,710. Lower. Nobody is typing LinkedIn. I don't even like to type LinkedIn when I have to go to the site. So no, no one has this as their password. Well, well, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Oh no, you better not. It is higher by a significant (laughs) amount. (laughs) I quit. I quit. This isn't... LinkedIn has been used or is included in Have I Been Phoned 291,000 times. (sighs) is this compared to compared to 4700 but i can hear anna cackling with laughter right now listening back to this these have been arranged in a brilliant order yes Yes. she is beside herself at how well her plan has worked to try and throw us and and screw with this game i like anna's new role as our listener to blame (laughs) (laughs) I, i think this works nicely um so the next one is Google. Do we think the word Google has been included in a data breach more times than the word LinkedIn? I mean, honestly, Matt, I don't know what to think anymore. Uh- <laughs> I, I'm the same. I'm going to go with lower because O's are easy to replace with zeros. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving each one of these. That's my logic. And I've got three and Rue's got none. So at this point, I figure my logic is I've beaten Rue. So that's <laughs> that's something. There's no coming back. Yeah, it's higher, by the way. Google, this is my one point for the whole game. Google is higher. It's lower. Oh. Son of a <laughs> 191,000, uh, which still is a lot. It, when we compare it to, to Slack <laughs> used earlier on, that, that's a lot. Whoever is banging down on their microphone, please, please stop it. So Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Just in frustration. What do you mean, whomever? <laughs> I think that might be Rue. I think he's feeling a little upset at this moment. I like how you tried to give me the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> whomever is doing this. <laughs> All right. Last one. Here we go. Facebook. <laughs> higher or lower than Google? I'm going lower. I'm going higher. Because again, we've got face. We've got book. We've got threes. We've got zeros. <laughs> Facebook, the word, is not going to be there. I love the justification. It's so good. It's just like Edward Snowden sneezed and it sounded like this once. So I I think it can't be included in a data breach. It's higher. (laughs) Facebook is higher than Google. Oh, it's lower. (laughs) I'm 
can't believe it. I am so excited that this bizarre logic that I use <laughs> is finally paying off. It's so good. Oh. It's a complete shutout. Ooh. Oh, God. Five nil. Well, everyone, uh, listen, I'm, I'm going to be retiring from the show. Sarah will be taking my spot from now on. Um, <laughs> it's been a hell of a run. Oh, I like the fact that it's it's supposedly it's the worst well, the 61st episode. So usually when we've done 10 episodes of a thing, we, we try and mix it up and not play the same game again. But like we, we've organized this game. I like playing this game. It's, it's pretty fun. So we decided to carry it on. And oh, I'm so glad we this did. is mind boggling <laughs> to me. I, I still I, I have no idea how I beat you. Rue. You've got months and games of experience behind you and. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at the tally, and Matt, can you read that back to me again? What was that final score? Oh, five nil. Oh, <laughs> straight up. Now maybe he's just done this to make me feel good. No, that I'm, like winning. No, but I know I know enough about Rue to know he's too competitive for that. So <laughs> that's correct. A few things have gotten under my skin in a long time, like this game just has. I'm so I'm so mad. Good <laughs> job, Anna. <laughs> right. Oh my god. And with that, I think that's all we've got time for. So with that, love you, Sarah. Love you, Rue. Love you, Matt. Love you, Rue. L- love you, Sarah. Love you, Matt. Actually, and I want to make a special shout out. Love you, Anna. Thank you for having to do all of this that you're going to have to do with everything that you've got. <laughs> I've just texted Anna, f*** you, and f*** play your passwords right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. She's probably laughing her ass off right now. <laughs> <laughs>